This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. I'm RJ Baylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we are just a couple rude boys in a world we never made. As we watch spine number 83 in the Criterion Collection, The Harder They Come, directed by Perry Henzel from 1972. But first, RJ, Mm. how's the single life going? Single life? Shit. I made chili on Sunday, and I've had it for three, four days, and my stomach is really sore. I've been blowing out hard. <laughs> hard. And you wonder why she left you. Well, okay, well, people people might get the wrong idea. My <laughs> girlfriend hasn't left me for good, not yet. Uh, she is on a uh, vacation for a week. Uh, I could not attend, but, uh, you know, we don't play like that, so she, she did her own thing. So she's gone, and uh, I've been capitalizing. Um, I made chili on Sunday. It's a whole day event. Took a long time. Uh, I make basically a portion for 28, but uh, I eat it throughout the course of a week and I freeze most of it. Um, I gave some to uh, my uh, stepmom and she got sick. Um, not sick, but she was like, oh man, she's like, I ate some of it and like my stomach immediately hurt. And I was like, oh yeah, that's that loaf chili, baby. Mm-hmm. But uh, I gave her forewarning uh, because. Um, I uh, it's not like super spicy heat levels, but there's a lot of spices in it, mm-hmm. and uh, I think I'm used to it because we eat Indian food so regularly. But uh, I, I I'm three four days in now, and my stomach's getting pretty sore too. So <laughs> I think I'm gonna freeze the rest and uh, just uh, you know give go your, to all this. <laughs> give your body a break. Give my body a break. Yeah, I was really craving uh, fruit this morning, <laughs> uh, and like vegetables. I was like, man, I need real food. Just just once. But, uh, yeah, going pretty good. Um, I've been watching some movies. Uh, I went to an event this week. Oh. Yeah, uh, last just after the last show. I don't think you even know about this. I went and saw uh, Danny Tanner, Mr. Bob Saget, live in stand-up. No. <laughs> yeah, your, your, your reaction, your response was pretty genuine. Vintage Duncan. Yeah. Just uh, shock and awe at anything I say. Yeah. Um, my brother, uh, his wife got uh, him tickets to Mr. Bob Saget. And uh, so we went on Thursday. He was playing at the Great Eagle Casino in Calgary, Alberta. Whoa. Uh, a casino which you are actually allowed to smoke inside of. Um, really? Because it is on, uh, quote... Indian land so their rules are different what, what was that eyebrows that's what it's called <laughs> that's what they that's what the people there told me they're like because uh the people who work there because uh, I saw people smoking inside I was like what the fuck and they're like yeah it's a uh, Indian land casino so you're mm-hmm. we have like different rules and I was like okay Beautiful. whatever you say man mm-hmm. so we saw Bob Saget and stand up um I have heard that he is quite crude I've never seen his stand-up uh, live or via video before. Um, it was very okay. Mm. I would not, unless it was playing like at the bar across from your house and tickets were like 10 bucks, I don't think I would recommend it. it uh, it's not like, su- he wasn't super crude. Like, I've heard worse. And you can tell he's not actually like that too much. He just, I think he spices it up because he thinks people won't expect it. But uh, there were, there were, there weren't any knee slappers. Mm. So, uh, so that's how, that's what I'm doing with my time. <laughs> high pro- high praise. Yeah. Well, it's it was okay. Like it, it was a good, 
use of an hour, I guess, but uh, I wouldn't recommend anyone go out of their way to see it. Huh. He had no opener. Uh, the lights just went out, and then he fucking stormed the uh, stage uh, to that rap song. You know, the Power of Bob Saget song or whatever that thing is? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So that's fun. That's how, cool. how, how are you, dude? Doing okay. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's, the, it's the second year now that we have a first-term reading week for all mm. the undergrads and stuff like that. All the whiny so, babies. Yeah, they need time off from their busy schedules, doing mm-hmm. doing the homework, doing the classes. So, uh, yeah, they're gone, and, like, the university, this just, like, gigantic building is just empty mm-hmm. of people. Nice. Um, like, I went for a walk, I think, just, like, yesterday morning around, like, 10, walking down, like, the massive hallway, and there's just not a person for, like, yeah. whatever, how many, however many feet that hallway is. Just nothing. I think it's, like, 10 feet. Yeah, like, all 10 feet of it. No, not a single yeah. person. And uh, yep. so that was cool. Um, it's nice and quiet. I can get a little bit of work done. Uh, you know, get, stay focused. It's, it's uh, I'm actually getting caught up on work. So maybe uh, this school needs to kind of get out of the, like, student business and just, like, become a place where I can do emails and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's one option. Yeah. Or they could just go year-round. Like uh, the other countries who do way better at school. No yeah. breaks. No breaks. Being, a, being an undergrad is easy as shit. Yeah. You don't need a break in yeah. the fall. Go just kill, Yeah, go ahead and kill yourself. We don't care. Hey, hey now. Hey now. That was one guy. <laughs> one guy ruins it for everyone. Yeah. They, it's like they get a week now, but in like four weeks, they get a, They get like three weeks off. So mm-hmm. what's... Anyways, that's Anyways. my own that's my own agenda I'm pushing. Yeah. More school, less less play. That's right. Mm-hmm. What else is shaking, dog? You got anything hot to talk about? Mm, I guess I could like bridge over into like creeps uh on sure. Saturday. I went to a very special engagement also in Calgary. And that mm. and that was the one night's only screening of uh, Dario Argento's Suspiria. Oh, that sounds like fun. That sounds like a fun thing that you could do. Um, I would uh, I would have liked to do something like this, but uh, you know, I I never. Uh, I, I don't think did my invite get lost in the mail or <laughs> what is um, this, you, Mister? You don't tell me about Bob Saget, and now you're well, like, oh, I'm so hurt. <laughs> that was a limited engagement because uh, I th- it wasn't my deal. I was invited. There was a limited amount of tickets, but just so you know, Jarrett, mm-hmm. that very night that you were in Calgary, I was actually in Calgary because I had to drive Andrew to the airport. Aww. So I could have gone if I had known about it. But you but, didn't. Uh, no, because um, you don't care about me or the show. We could have had a fun uh, fun back and forth of telling our experiences, but now it's going to be one-sided. And, yep. you know, I don't think people are going to care. <laughs> so, uh, you know, whatever. Talk about whatever you want. I don't care. Well, RJ... Let me tell you, uh, I thought this was a transformative experience. In which way? (laughs) Um, So, uh, I have not seen very many movies, like, re-released in theater before. Sure. Like, most people, I imagine, like, we all watch movies as they come out, um, especially since, like... uh, home video kind of took over and like so old movies don't really get shown in theaters like at least in our neck of the woods maybe in like larger cities you get to see stuff and now like particularly like 
uh, in your like Los Angeles markets and stuff like that. There's like the new Beverly Theater that Tarantino owns. All that they they do revival stuff all the place all the time. But sure. around here that doesn't happen at all. So I think like in the last five years I've only seen like now two movies that were like pre 1990 like whatever uh in theater and that's like lawrence mm-hmm. of arabia and suspiria um and so in, in both regards uh like they're both movies that were made in a period of time before there was home video and like this is back when directors were like making movies because they're like there's only one way this movie's ever going to be experienced and that's in a theater so mm-hmm. uh you have like a david lean and a dario argento who are guys who are like hey let's set out to like make like a really great theatrical experience sure. um so we're going to have like actual like consideration of composition uh and like the real like thinking in terms of like scale and like also sound design and taking full advantage of like uh like an audio scape uh, and yeah so watching Suspiria uh, this way like I'd only ever seen this movie on video up to this point and like those versions have always been like I guess you'd say like standard definitions and like mm-hmm. never like particularly great restorations um, like that Blue Underground put out there's always like they were like the best that were available but like nothing super groundbreaking um, so Synapse Films uh, the company that's putting it out on Blu-ray here uh, they did a whole 4K restoration of this bad boy that they've spent the last few years putting together uh, and in the lead up to the home video release they've actually been uh, they put out together a print of this movie and they've been shopping it around all over North America anyone can just like say hey we'd like to get it and I'm assuming that they're probably actually not sending out real film prints but they're sending out like digital files mm-hmm. um, and yeah so Watching it with like total like restored sound, so you get that full on goblin score, uh, and watching it like on a you know sixty foot screen, pretty incredible, yeah. pretty incredible. Uh, it just makes me kind of like think about every movie I watch in some ways, and I'm like I get mad about like watching mm-hmm. it. Like you're just like missing out on so much. Um, but but nowadays, like most movies that get made, I imagine that most directors are like making stuff knowing that the vast majority of people are going to watch their movies on video. And so the scale is way smaller. Um, They'd realize people aren't going to be taking full advantage of the sound design. So that Mm -hmm. kind of gets uh, falling by the wayside. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I always thought Suspiria was just like an okay movie for a really long time, but like with the opportunity of seeing in theater, it's like, wow, that's like really amazing. Whether or not Mm -hmm. that uh, experience will carry over the next time I watch it, which will be in my uh, living room. I don't know. It might just be like, oh, this is what I'm stuck with for the rest of my life. It's just this. Well, few things can live up to your high expectations. That's right. Animal. Yep. Um, it's like, it, yeah. it's it's always something with you. I know. What else you got? Uh, so, yeah. So, anyway, Suspiria was cool. Uh, mm-hmm. But RJ, before Yo. I continue on, uh, we got listener feedback. No, we didn't. And, RJ, this is from a new listener. No, it isn't. We don't have... And by way of YouTube... Because uh, the, the, a few days ago, I finished uploading all of our uh, episodes uh, by like all the reviews specifically. So all mm-hmm. 69 episodes are on there right now. <laughs> See, I couldn't believe it. After uh, last week, we, we, made, mm. we, we did episode 69 and not a single 69 joke was to be well, heard. I, I was not aware that it was episode 69 because you keep things so close to the chest. I'm not even allowed to listen to the episodes outside of the show. <laughs> People don't know that. Yeah. But like, uh, I didn't even know that. And you told totally dropped the ball and once again it just shows your unprofessionalism and uh frankly 
that you're a bad person. Mm-hmm. But anyways, go on about this new, supposedly new commenter. So this this comment from one Katerina uh, Skitatano. Uh, oh, come on. It, it's, it's like... Skitchitano, I'm apologizing. Skitchitano. Uh, Skitchitano. Uh, it's from Italy. Okay. Uh, wrote, this is really nice. This is on our uh, Passion of the Joan of Arc episode. This oh, is really wicked. nice, exclamation marks. I was actually looking for podcasts like this, but could you review other films like Haneke or uh, Van Varmadam? I'm listening to this video whilst at the gym. Thank you. Uh, that's nice to hear from new people. Yes. I, uh, wonder if, uh, Miss Katerina, uh, is only listening to the Criterions, or if, uh, maybe, since she said podcast, maybe she's going over to the real deal. Hopefully she makes that leap. Hopefully. Uh, I'm unfamiliar with the other two movies that, uh, she brought up, but, uh, Well, you could... they're, uh, directors. Uh, Michael Haneke, oh. uh, director of such classics as Funny Games, uh... Oh, yeah. Uh, White Ribbon, Cachet, uh, mm-hmm. all sorts of, like, dreary European fun. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen, like, about half of his movies, and there are some Haneke's in the Criterion Collection, but they're a ways away. They're way down the road. And, uh, right. the Van, uh, Varmerdam... Uh, the only movie of his that I've seen is the movie um, Borgman, which uh, Draft House put out a couple of years ago. Uh, it's about a homeless man who just like moves into a house and just takes up residence. It's pre- I, I thought mm-hmm. it was like a pretty good movie. Um, but yeah, not in the Criterion just yet. So I don't know if we'll be talking about him anytime soon. But Haneke, yes, one day. Um, but anyway, that's cool. I think Criterion Creeps makes for excellent listening while at the gym, being a person that doesn't actually go to a gym but mm-hmm. that's cool well yeah uh if i were allowed to listen to the episodes i'd probably uh have them as toilet bangers there you go you know you put a lot of time out on that uh that porcelain throne so what better way to spend time than listening to your two favorite dudes that's right mm-hmm. well that's very nice i'm glad to hear from new people i am always glad to hear from fresh people out there and glad that they like it hey rj what you been Yo. creeping on Ooh. With all that free time being a bachelor eating your chili. Bachelor chili? Uh, well, not as much as you would expect because yeah. I am still pretty busy. I know. But uh, I've gotten more than the nor- uh, than usual, so okay. that's nice. Uh, so after I dropped Andrew off at the airport, I came home, and I, uh, I was like, you know what? It's Saturday, man. I can stay up past 11 o'clock. So uh, I threw on a, a Netflix jammer so I could watch it in my bed. Um, and I watched a movie that's pretty recent, uh, called The Gift from 2015. I didn't know that was on Netflix. It is. That's why I told you to watch it, but you're a bad person. You didn't mention the Netflix part. Oh, well, you know what? If you did your research, you would know. Um, so this is, uh, I've been wanting to watch this for a while, actually, because I heard really good things when it came out. And, uh, I think I've mentioned before this Joel Edgerton guy, he's growing on me. He, uh, he used to be in the camp of those actors I just fucking hate. Yeah. Like, um, Luke Evans and, uh, who's that other guy I hate? You know him. Uh, oh, uh, Captain Boomerang. Oh, uh, Jai Courtney. Yeah. Yeah. Jai Courtney and Luke Evans. They're the worst piece of shit actors. I just fucking hate those guys. Um, and I used to think Joel Edgerton was one of him, but I think that's a little unfair because I, I had only seen him in like, uh, a couple movies and I don't think they were very fair assessments of him, but he's grown on me now and he actually directed and wrote this bad boy. 
Hmm. And now I'm learning that uh, Australian man Joel Edgerton uh, is making another new movie, and I think it sounds awesome. But uh, he's part of these like Australian revenge movies almost, uh, like because I think his brother is a director too, or someone else with the name Edgerton. Uh, he was in a bunch of movies with him that are kind of gritty revenge thrillers, Ooh. which sounds cool. Um, so I'm going to watch some more. But uh, this movie, The Gift, stars Joel Edgerton, too. Uh, Mr. Jason Bateman and uh, Rebecca Hall, who is a cool cool dame. I like her. She's neat. Um, do you know anything about this movie? Um, Not. I don't think so. Like, it was one of those movies that, like, it came out around the same time as that Knock Knock with Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. And, like, I knew that. I know that's a remake of a, like, a 70s movie. And I saw right. the gift pop up. And it seemed like it had, like, most, like, fairly positive things being mm-hmm. said about it. Um, yeah. So I, I won't go yeah. too much into the details because uh, um, I think it's better going in fresh. But uh, I actually really like this. I thought for, like, a first-time director and, like, writer, I thought it was really well done. Uh, the story is pretty dope, uh, although I will say people will say I'm full of shit, but uh, I, I did kind of see it coming about halfway through what was actually going to happen. I was like, oh, OK, I think not like with confidence, but I was like, I think this is this might be what happens. Hmm. Um, so that that's the only real knock against it that I have. I was like, I kind of know where it is, but it's kind of I think it's because you've turned me into a ghoul. So I, sus- I suspect the <laughs> suspect the worst. And then when the worst did happen, I was kind of like, okay, nice. Um, uh, so this movie is uh, Jason Bateman and Rebecca Hall are like big time L.A. Uh, elite people. They have a fancy house, fancy cars, real rich. Uh, and they move to a new neighborhood. And uh, they run into Joel Edgerton at a store. And uh, Joel Edgerton's like, hey, uh, I knew you from like high school. Uh, and Jason Bateman's really coy. He's like, oh, yeah, I don't really remember. He's like, well, we'll catch up sometime. Here's my number. And he's like, okay. But uh, then what happens is Joel Edgerton shows up at their house, and he's like, hey, I brought you guys a gift, like a housewarming. And the wife's like, did you talk to him again? How did he know where we live? And he's like, I don't know. And uh, so that's kind of how the big setup is. This guy, Joel Edgerton, uh, just starts to insert himself into their lives. Like what about Bob? Yeah, kind of. A little more sinister, though. So he, he kind of inserts himself in there. And then uh, Rebecca Hall, uh, she's like a stay-at-home wife. And she's getting, like, really creeped out by this guy who comes over all the time. And she starts asking Jason Bateman, like, what their history was. But he he's really ambiguous about it. He doesn't, like, want to say. And then it kind of leads to a few other things. And um, I think that's all you need to know. Uh, I, I really liked it, man. This is a good show. Cool. Yeah, it's a good show. It's uh, it's dark. <laughs> I I was gonna compare it to another show, but I think that would give it too much of it away. But uh, okay, it's like um, it's like a revenge thriller kind of. Okay, you're you're just wondering the whole time. You're like, what what's going on here? What's uh, did what's at work? Did M Night Shyamalan have some production producer aspect to this movie? Uh, it is actually a Blumhouse film. Okay. So he he may have, but uh, I'm, I'm, I didn't see his name in the credits. It doesn't mean it, it wasn't it, there. I think but. it's just like something about the marketing of this movie is reminiscent of it. Like the sure, because I think people, it's got a title. It's like the gift. But yeah. Anyway, okay. No, it, it it's does probably not. because of a twist, I guess. But mm. it's not really a twist. It's just like a, it's more of a reveal, right? 
Um, so no, I don't know. Uh, I liked it. Good show. I okay. recommend it. Cool. Uh, so next, I watched this movie called The Chain Reaction <laughs> uh, from the seventies or no, nineteen eighty. And uh, so this is another Australian film. Uh, and this thing sounds so fucking good. Uh, it's about like a nuclear plant spill and Australian workers trying to like cover it up. And the poster is super rad. It's like all these guys in hazmat suits. Yeah. And there's some like uh, it looks like the crazies. It does. Yeah. It's like crazy suits. And then there's some cars smashing into each other. And uh, the reason I came about this mm-hmm. is uh, in the credits. The first credit is my main man, Mr. Mel Gibson, the fallen son. Yeah. So I was trying to book. I was trying to bump up my Mel uh, records a little bit. There's not a ton I haven't seen of his, so this was one of those far reaches. Uh, he's not even in, fucking in this movie. He's not even credited. This liar ass movie. Like I'm pretty. Sh- I think I saw him one time as a mechanic under a car. Yeah. But I was like, I can't tell if that's actually him or not. So I watched this whole fucking movie. It's super long. Um, it's okay. It's kind of it's it's pretty boring to be honest and they like try to do like some fancy film work and it's not like none of it is good but the last 10 minutes is pretty cool because uh people are like escaping and there's car chases. Uh other than that it was it was pretty boring. It was pretty bad. Okay. So yeah, there this, you go. This, this this is a movie that uh you asked for my assistance in tracking this down. And mm-hmm. I was like, the chain reaction? What's this all about? And I looked it up. I'm like, huh, why have I never heard of this movie? Then I started mm-hmm. reading some of the reviews and I was like, hmm, all right, RJ, here you <laughs> go. Did you see that Mel Gibson was in it? And it was yes, the reason I that, want. Okay. Well, yeah, I figured yeah. that out real quick. But I was like kind of thinking, I'm like, is this one of those movies where it's like, hey, this movie has Mel Gibson in it before he was anybody, before Mad Max, and before he became a big star. And then afterwards, mm-hmm. they're like, hey, let's put Mel Gibson's name on the poster, and people will yep. buy this, because people will just go, Mel Gibson, and then they'll watch it, and it's like, too late, we've already got your money. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly what happens, so. um, It's like, it's not a super bad, it's just kind of boring, so yeah. I can't really re- recommend it. But uh, then I watched, Jarrett, uh, my Veterans Day pick, Mm. Uh, Cross of Iron, yeah, uh, 1977 from uh, Mr. Sam Peckinpah, yeah, uh, Western master, yeah, yeah. I think people would say he's a, a man's man of a director. A man's man. He he, he yeah. definitely was a hardened alcoholic. Mm, nice, I like this guy, and uh, he got a man's man for this movie, Mr. James Coburn. Yeah, real good. Uh, so this was an old uh, grandpa movie. Uh, it's a war movie, but it is from the German perspective. Uh, I don't have a ton to say. It's really good. It's a it's a dope ass war movie for old men like you and me. Yeah, you know I have not watched this movie yet. Uh, you should have watched yeah. it when I watched it, but you're. I don't know why you choose to you, be like well, this. Well, you, you didn't. You didn't reach out. You didn't say, "Hey, <laughs> hey, J Dog, we're going to talk about Cross of Iron." You didn't say that. <laughs> well, whatever. That's your bad. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna burn through two quick ones and then I'm gonna get to the the main piece here. Okay. Okay. Uh, I rewatched No Country for Old Men. Yeah. Because uh, I was having like I had a really long day, kind of like a heart like a bummer of a day, and I got home and I was like, fuck. And I was like, I just want to be like gently coasted into the ether, and I was like, I'm gonna throw on that No Country. I haven't seen it in a couple years. Uh, I'm not gonna talk about it too much. I hope it's a creep one day in like ten years from now. <laughs> Uh, it's an amazing movie. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves it. What, what else is there to say? Yeah, top top uh, tier Coen Brothers. Top tier. It's uh, one of the best, and uh, I haven't seen it in probably three four years, and it hold, holds up pretty nice. Yep. Uh, so I after that. Cosine. 
Cosine, yes. Uh, I watched uh, Mr. Marty Scorsese's new film, Silent, oh, that yeah. uh, you you and a friend of the show, uh, What's His Nuts, uh, talked about on the Andre Tarkovsky film. Evan. Oh, Evan. Evan. You and your buddy Evan <laughs> talked about Silence on that uh, episode, I think. Yeah. Uh, this this one's cool. It's got some dank Christian uh, <laughs> men in it and dank Christian uh, moralities. Um it's good. Uh, they, I'll, I'll say this, Jared. Those Japanese sure have innovative ways of torturing and killing people. <laughs> they sure do, RJ. They sure do. Yeah, uh, yeah no, I liked it. It's, it's well, also good. As, as people uh, recall from back when we were talking about uh, Seven Samurai, uh, there's a certain strain of cruelty that runs through uh, Japanese cinema. Even when like Italian-American filmmakers make movies about J- Japan, uh, mm-hmm. the Japanese cruelty really comes through. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So uh, that that's very good too, but I don't have a ton to say about it. It's it's not uh, top of the line Scorsese, but it's very good. I'm, really? I'm, I'm glad that. Uh, well, I mean, it's it doesn't have the weight and personal fulfillment I have in his say his gangster movies that I've been watching for years and years. So okay, I I, I disagree with your verbiage there. I think because mm-hmm. it's like I think like th- this movie is like. I mean, Scorsese's been trying to get this movie made for like forty years. Yeah, um, I know. And so it's like yep. it's a very different experience from like the glitz and glam of like a Goodfellas or a Casino or The Departed, yeah. like where their movies are very like, uh, like I don't know. I guess like he's really going for entertaining movies, whereas mm-hmm. I think with Silence he's going for something totally different and low key. Mm-hmm. Um, and like so, I, I mean, I'd consider like. I think as far as like latter day Scorsese goes, I think it's like pretty. I mean, it pretty top tier. I mean, I yep. put it up there against like I don't know what's his last like. God, what are his movies? Hugo was Shutter nothing. Island. See, and I never really liked Shutter Island that much. I thought yeah, that, that's that, fine. that movie was too off from what he usually does. I guess for me, sure. Um, what else has he done? Off the top of my head, it Gangs, don't matter. Gangs in New York's fine. The Departed's okay yep. too. But I mean, I don't know. I, I love that. I love me some Scorsese. I'd say Silence yeah. is up there. Like I think it's like, yeah, like a no. really I don't know if it's like a movie that like you necessarily want to pop in and rewatch <laughs> at any given moment. Like yeah. it's kind of a grueling experience about like mm-hmm. like oh shit. You, you have to completely hand yourself over. It's it's a low key kind of slow burn type of movie. But uh, yep. I think I think but I get what you're saying too. But, no, yeah, yeah. I, I no, I agree with what you mean. Uh, I just meant uh it's like I was saying, it hasn't it doesn't have that uh, weight that the movies of his that I love and watch all the time does. I, I, but I, I, you know, maybe I'll rewatch this a couple of years and it'll hit me even harder and yeah. I'll well, because I mean, more. yeah, I mean, because I guess we just like this year we watched Last Temptation of Christ, and like it's yep. sort of like not that far off from it. Like it's just like a it's a it's in continuity more to that movie as well, mm-hmm. which is again another movie. Just like no one just pops in Last Temptation of Christ, like and yeah, goes, yeah, I'm gonna chill with this. <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I did like it. I mean, it's like you said, he's been wanting to make it forever, so yeah. uh, it's good. And I I do love those those Christian vibes, baby. Mm-hmm. Who, who doesn't? Yeah. Uh, but anyways, you you want to get to the main course here, baby? Well, I suppose. I mean, I'm not sure how much you're going to talk about this movie that I'm planning on watching when it actually comes out on Blu-ray. Uh, it's on the, it's on video you know, on demand. Uh, yeah. It's on video on demand. I've, I've, I watched it on video on demand. I've, I'm old-fashioned. I've got my my Blu-ray. Uh, I, I won't talk Blu-ray. about it too much. Okay. And that so, what movie is that, RJ? Uh, Brawl and Cell Block 99. Mm-hmm. And who's that directed S- by? S. Craig Zoller. Director of Bone Tomahawk. Okay. 
Yeah, so uh, I uh, I don't know if I ever talked about it on the show, but I loved Bone Tomahawk. I thought it was fucking wicked good. Um, and just so you know, Jarrett, I love this movie too. This mm-hmm. Brawl in Cell Block 99 is wicked good. Uh, this guy uh, has such like, he is so brutal with like people. It is fucking insane. Like, cause I, I had heard that this movie had like some raw gore and brutality. And like, even when you go in expecting it, there are some scenes just like in bone Tomahawk where your mouth is just like <laughs> gaping. Oh, You're like, man. holy shit. Cause I watched it by myself and I even had one of those moments where my mouth was open and I was like, <gasps> Like you, you gasp. It's like in Bone Tomahawk when they cut that guy in half. <laughs> Spoilers. <from> his... <laughs> well, whatever. I Bone Tomahawk has been out for a couple of years, so I hope you, anyone listening has seen that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no. Th- so I, I don't know, man. Like, so this movie is definitely a slow burn. It's like two and a half hours, and it's just kind of building. Oh, really? Oh yeah. Huh. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, one hundred and thirty-two minutes. Okay. That's like so two, 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 two twelve. twelve, yeah. Yeah, not two and a half, but uh, yeah, it's definitely a slow, slow burn. It's about Vince uh, Vaughn. He's this big man of a man, and uh, he goes to prison. That's all you need to know, because I know you mm-hmm. want to watch this. I, I, but... I, I know enough about. Like, I know a little bit yep. about it. Like he, he starts dealing drugs or getting involved in yep. like drugs, and then like everything's great until it's not, and he goes to jail, yep. and, and then, then goes... and then, and then there's requests made, and he has to do things, and apparently it's just like watching him do stuff, and uh, something. Yep. Th- yeah, this movie, I'm like, I'm super stoked about watching it, but I'm waiting, mm-hmm. I guess, till it. Like, I, 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 yep. I pre-order that Blu-ray because, uh, like you said, Bone Tomahawk was pretty mm-hmm. sweet, even though I would argue that the first half of Bone Tomahawk is actually not very good in some ways, but the second, when it gets to its destination, it's mm-hmm. so, like, uh, memorable and messed up that it, like, goes, yep. oh, wow, what a what a fucking movie this was. Uh, yep. So this sounds like I love prison movies. Uh, oh, yeah. And I love violence. And mm-hmm. uh, so I'm, like, pretty stoked about this number. Yeah. It, this movie is violent, man. It is fucking brutal. Like, mm. there are some scenes that you're just, like, I was in awe of. I'm like, holy fuck. This guy does gross stuff with human bodies. But, like, it's all <laughs> it's it's all believable. Wonderful. Like, it's nothing, like, it's nothing, like, uh, fucking totally out of this world. It's like, oh, that can't happen. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, no. If Vince Vaughn, like, did that to another human, that probably, like... You know what I mean? It's all very real. I love it. Uh, but yeah, this movie is super fucking good. Uh, I saw a lot of people describe it as a uh, 70s uh, prison movie. Yeah. Which is uh, fits totally because there's even like, uh, I think they, like, I don't know where they got the music for this movie, but all the music is very similar and it uh, it doesn't feel like current day music. Hmm. It's uh, like... I don't know how to describe it. You're you listen to the music in the film and it's just like, oh, that's interesting. Like that's a different sound. It sounds like someone was making music intentionally to be like 70s music. Okay, but it's not distracting. Anyways, this movie it was really fucking good. Uh, I think you will like it. And uh, I just want to say that uh, this guy is like one of my new favorite fucking directors, especially Jarrett, mm. because his next film coming out next year, Dragged Across Concrete stars my man mel gibson oh, so i cannot my fucking goodness. wait and he, it looks like he uh he frequents a lot of the same actors so vince vaughn is going to be in this again uh don johnson who is in brawl will be in this udo kier uh criterion alum 
Uh, he, he who is in uh, Brawl, he will be in Dragon's Cross and in Concrete. Suspiria, and in Suspiria, yeah. So uh, I hope this, um, like, I'm looking forward to that one, and I hope it uh, is the start of many movies between uh, this S. Craig and uh, Mr. Mel Gibson. <laughs> yeah, so. we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, Mel but Gibson anyways. doesn't do anything crazy in between. Uh, he seems to be doing okay. I heard he's got uh, he's got a bunch of new movies coming out now that uh, Daddy's Home Two uh, was somewhat accepted by the public. So, <laughs> yeah. anyways, what's up with you? Okay, well, uh, one thing I just remembered uh, bringing up uh, Udo Kier and uh, Suspiria. Uh, mm-hmm. One thing of note was going into the movie. I was fully anticipating because I've heard like people talk about this going to like repertory uh, theaters of like modern audiences watching older movies and uh, having that experience yep. of like there's like the the irony crowd that shows up and mm. they're there to like remind you of how like they, they get it. They, 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 yeah. they, they know this is like goofy, but they're going to laugh about it and they're going to laugh like very loudly about it just to like to signify to the rest of the audience that they're having a good time. But they're but, and they're smarter than the movie that like they could never make in a million years, but they're going to lord their their own like amusement of with themselves over it. And you get mm-hmm. this, and no matter what you have to like go along with it. And you're just like, oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and it's like, come on, Goblin Square, come back and drown them out. And then it does. And it's like, oh, that's good. Because yeah, yep. yeah, we all know that like English dubs are like kind of weird, <laughs> and that's just the way movies are made, and it's got kind of a charm to it. But we don't have to like really go into business for ourselves and like, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe it, this movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and there was a guy who was like, yeah, when Udo Kier showed up, and I just kind of saw him like, oh shit, it's Udo Kier, and then this guy was like, ah, Udo. Woo! No, you don't need to. No, you don't need to. Do you that. don't need to do that. Yeah, check yourself, theater hipsters. Yeah, that sounds horrible. Yeah, that was definitely a a downside to this sort of thing. And like at the end of the uh, next month, they're showing the thing, and like mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks, they're doing like all four Mad Max movies. And I'm just like, oh, those that'd be pretty cool to go to. But I don't know, like those people, those same people were like having a good laugh at the uh, the uh, YouTube grade uh, Mad Max trailer that they were showing uh, before the movie. And I was just like, oh, boy. Yeah, well, uh, I'd say that I feel bad for you, but um, maybe you had it coming since uh, you just so selfishly went to this movie. <laughs> Didn't even tell anyone about it, so. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just the people who are important to me. Um. <laughs> uh, so, right. RJ, for movies that I crept on this week, I watched mm-hmm. the 30 for 30 documentary. Uh, it's been long coming down. Nature Boy, which is uh, about oh. about pro wrestling legend Ric Flair. Uh, so this documentary, like, it's been talked about for a while. It's uh, It's been like, God, like, I think it started being made like two, three years ago. And I was like, when is this coming out? Finally, it came out. And then, like, in the meantime, uh, like, he's almost died, uh, which is crazy. Uh, but he's still kicking. But, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I watch a lot of these 30 for 30 documentaries and, uh, they they vary from like, that was really good to that was fine to like, well, whatever sports. Uh, this one I'd say is like kind of like above average. Uh, but I, I don't think it's like going to like make anybody, uh, necessarily like a bigger like wow rick flair really is the greatest of all time like i don't know how well of a job it does like illustrating his importance uh to the business of uh pro wrestling but 
I don't know. He, it's interesting. He's an interesting figure. Watching old footage, like stuff that I've actually watched in the last two years, going through all these mm-hmm. goddamn pay per views in order, uh, and, and kind of like seeing his like how important he was, I guess, as far as like the the ongoing business side. But I don't know. I'd say it'd be worth checking out if you have any interest in Ric Flair. But like, I don't know. If you don't, I don't think it would be of any more interest. How many woos are in it? Oh, there's a there's a montage. Okay. <laughs> yeah, about the origins of Woo, which is Jerry Woo. Lee Lewis. Woo. Yeah, that's that's like the most big. That's the most biggest crossover point there is, I think, with Ric Flair's the Woo. Mm-hmm. Um. So there was that. I watched a '70s movie, a exploitation number called Tick, Tick, mm-hmm. Tick. Uh, stars Jim Brown. Uh, Downtown who, Jimmy Brown. Uh. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think he's. Okay. I, don't, I don't know if he's downtown Jimmy Brown. I know he's Jim okay. Brown, football legend, all time. Yeah, great. downtown Jimmy De- Brown. Okay. Nice. Keep okay. going. So he's elected sheriff in a racist southern town, and nice. you can, it just kind of goes from there. George Kennedy's in it. Lots mm. of sweaty men. Uh, mm-hmm. Lots of racism and guys getting whooped. Uh, this movie was decent. Uh, mm-hmm. Not the most memorable, like type of movie it is lots of just like all these people in this town they don't have jobs there's so there's lots of standing around in main street waiting for things to happen and they're just like waiting for stuff and it's just like well why don't you guys go to work why does everyone in this town like not have jobs like everyone just stands and waits Mm -hmm. i guess it's the south so there's no jobs because like i don't know it was i guess it was 1970 so it was like nixon's fault but whatever yeah um so that was like an okay movie uh jim brown is like so super charismatic though like that guy like he just like walks on and you're like yep he's jim brown pretty cool dude (laughs) Mm -hmm. so i I might wind up watching some more jim brown movies here in the next little while uh i hope you do there's like there's one called slaughter that i'm like i gotta check that out that's some black exploitation uh fun um and then i watched a couple of future criterion creeps uh that'll be like you know 800 weeks from now so coming up pretty soon yeah uh yeah of course so i checked out uh kelly reichardt's certain women uh oh, yeah. which is from last year which has got like laura dern kirsten stewart uh michelle williams that lot uh how, what how does that different from random women uh <laughs> <laughs> If people could see how mad you are right now, not mad, just disappointed. <laughs> disappointed for sure. Yeah. Um, certain women came out last year. I'd seen it like pop up on a bunch of best of lists, but it seems like that's what happens with like Kelly Reichardt movies. People mm-hmm. really adore it. I Wendy and Lucy's quite good. Um, her Meeks cutoff, her Western, I also liked, but her mm-hmm. movies are like slow, methodical types of movies they're they're Mm -hmm. they're not for everybody probably um so this movie it's like three short stories uh one with laura dern being a lawyer uh Mm -hmm. and like her problem um a client played by jared harris uh the second story is uh michelle williams wanting to live out in the woods with her husband and family Mm. uh and get some lime rock stones That is okay. that is literally the story, and then the third story is one with uh, Kristen Stewart and uh, I guess like a fair like a new actress from Browning, Montana, named Lily Gladstone. Oh um, man, I've been to Browning. Yeah. So uh, the first two stories are like nothing too. Well, actually, all all these stories are set in Montana, and they're all okay. set in Livingston. Um, yeah. 
But yeah, I don't know. The first two stories are like nothing too special. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, but the third story is like a pretty great. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like you almost wish it was just its own short story, but then nobody would watch it at all because it's a short story. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it like really captures um, what's the word? What's the expression? Unrequited love. Uh, really, 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 really well. It's like grim and it leaves you with a that it makes you really feel remember if you've ever mm-hmm. had unrequited love uh or like just like rejection it nails it so well in this low-key realistic way uh that's like fantastic it's definitely the highlight of the story um every review that i come across says the exact same thing and everyone's like kind of like what's the point of the i don't see what the thorough line between these stories are what's the mm-hmm. point of the epilogue uh yeah because like that part's like excellent really well done and then everything else is just kind of there so uh, one day, 800 weeks from now, we'll talk about certain women again. <laughs> hey, how does that uh, differ from uh, uncertain women? Hmm. <laughs> are we uh, are we ending the show now? Was that it? Was that, uh, was that it? Also, from eight eight hundred weeks from now, uh, mm-hmm. we'll be talking about uh, the documentary David Lynch, The Art Life. Uh, well, is that is that actually in the Criterion it proper? Is. Yes, it yeah. is. Yeah, I, I thought it was just like you know how they do those series sometimes. I thought it was maybe one of those. Yeah, no, it's uh, got a spine <laughs> number and everything. Uh, nice. This is like a a recent documentary uh, about David Lynch, but specifically, I guess his more his um, pre eraserhead life like him his like whole life growing up bouncing like state to state with his parents uh being kind of a bad kid getting up to no good but and just Mm -hmm. kind of like winding up uh kind of falling in with i'm trying to remember the name of the painter but this bushnell sheer something like that he he winds up like being like pals with Mm -hmm. like this like like established artist in like the area he was living who like, I don't know, he just started hanging out with and painting, which like kind of kept him from being like a piece of shit kid. Um, mm-hmm. And he just kind of kept getting better at painting and stuff like that and being like an art kid. Uh, and then going to school, he meeting him meeting uh, Jack Fisk, who's like uh, the, the art director for like uh, Terrence Malick eventually um, because yep. he, and he worked on together with him on Racerhead, but just like his early days uh, and like, it's all kind of intercut with just him, like working in a studio now working on paintings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, I, I love this documentary quite a bit. Um, I mean, I love that David Lynch uh, here. He's mm-hmm. talking like very, I, I guess say very genuinely about everything. There's no, like no hints of his like transcendental meditation stuff. Uh, oh. It's just him talking about like, his life uh, mm-hmm. and like you, you can see like it's kind of a combination of this and the um, that 25 minute little documentary that's on the Inland Empire DVD of him just mm-hmm. like working uh, behind the scenes making stuff and you just see like how like involved he is like as like he's like in my mind like a real director in the sense that like he's making his own props he's like mm-hmm. hands on designing every single little thing where he can when it's like makes mm-hmm. sense for him to make stuff because he's like oh might as well do that right now and he just smokes away like a chimney um nice. and it's just like him hanging out with his like infant daughter uh even though he's this like <laughs> old gray-haired man with his like newborn and mm-hmm. just watering around in uh, the studio <laughs> but yeah like i thought this was great uh very inspirational it's like man maybe i should like do something with my life rather than just like sitting here on my laptop refreshing like social media pages you know um no you're right where you need to be yeah <laughs> yeah yeah you're you're where yeah mm-hmm. 
Um, I also checked out this uh, episode of a TV show that I've never watched before called Nathan mm. for You. Oh yeah, you're one of those guys, eh? Uh, no, I don't know what type of guy that is. I I've never watched Nathan for You. I was kind of unfamiliar with it. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I like I know somebody who had to have watched it because it seemed also familiar. This Nathan Fielder dude. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw like popping up was this Nathan for You Finding Francis, and I saw all these people reviewing it and talking about how great it was, and it was a like, game changer of television. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And then I read like the uh, synopsis about like a Bill Gates impersonator, and it's like a documentary about finding like this guy's like long lost love and stuff, and I'm like, huh. This sounds like it has some potential. Everyone seems to love this thing. So I went and found this episode, which is like an hour and a half, uh, like full documentary. That's like the tail end of like the last season of this show, which is like, it's a prank show Mm -hmm. where essentially goes around and just like does these like low key pranks. And this was like one of those, these actors that he hired at one point, he became like fascinated with because he seemed like such a strange eccentric guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he just like makes this documentary about this whole whole process of finding this guy's uh, ex like ex girlfriend from like sixty years ago. Um, one of the problems with this sort of like structure is that you know that it's like very artificial because mm. if you really want to track someone down, you spend a little bit of money, get a private investigator, and they'll find mm-hmm. them really quickly, like within a day or two. Not like this several week voyage of like <laughs> traveling to Alabama and going through public records. And it's like, you know, <laughs> with one name, you could probably find a lot of information, but like that, that never comes up. And it's just like a story about the the journey to get there. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. Like this seemed to be like a pretty standard type of documentary that it, like gets made all the time, um, and I just see people saying this is like a game changer. This is like <laughs> change the nature of television. Yeah, just <laughs> like, huh? I think people need to watch more stuff. I guess. So um, some people say we're a game changer. Yeah, in the podcast game. Yeah. Well, we're not. Just to confirm, we're not. We're a podcast. Cup no. two white guys talking about <laughs> movies and making jokes about hey, parts. It's like, did, yeah, we're uh, we're a dime a dozen in that market, I do believe. Hey, did you just assume my ethnicity? Shut up. That silence said it all, man. That silence said it all. Uh, the last thing I'll talk about for my creeping mm-hmm. was I watched an anime cartoon, RJ. Um, what are you, <laughs> nerd? Yeah. Uh, you nerd. So... I watched what I now believe is the highest grossing film in Japan ever. Uh, the Chain Reaction? No. Uh, okay. This is Your Name from like last year. So oh, are, 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 are you familiar with this movie at all? I, be- I believe. Didn't one of our uh, constant listeners recommend this movie to us? Bo- at one bo- point? Both both our uh, regular uh, feedbackers, uh, Joshua and yeah. Oliver, both really like Your Name. And okay. uh, they're not alone because a lot of people really like Your Name. Yeah. Uh, so Your Name yeah, came out last year, directed by uh, one Mikado Shin- Shinkai. And uh, he's directed like a handful of movies now, actually about 13. Uh, but it seems like they've got quite the fan following. And after the release of Your Name, uh, people started declaring uh, Makoto Shinkai as the, the next uh, Mirosh, uh, Miyazaki. 
he's the he's the real deal. He's going to continue on the great legacy of Japanese anime at this mm-hmm. high level. Uh, so this is a story. I'll read the synopsis here. High schoolers Mitsuo and Taki are complete strangers living separate lives, but one night they suddenly switch places. Mitsuo wakes up in Taki's body and he in hers. This bizarre occurrence continues to happen randomly, and the two must adjust their lives around each other. So it's kind of a Freaky Friday type deal. Is it a comedy? Mm, like, like Freaky Friday? No, it's like a drama. It's got some comedy because anime has jokes there's like things where, where if you're a if you're a boy waking up in a girl's body the first thing you do is you grab your boobs um, nice nice and, yeah so there's that that's a gag <laughs> that's that's for the uh that crowd i guess um so yep. i thought your name was just okay um uh, maybe okay. i'm a miserable cunt of a man i don't know well yeah <laughs> that's been confirmed <laughs> several times yeah but like i don't know i, I had the same experience watching that uh, the girl who left through time yeah, which was like also like a like seemed to be a really heralded uh, anime classic. Um, I've like read that the the novel and short stories uh, that 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 draws from, and I'm like, uh, I, the books are so much better than that cartoon. There's just something yeah. about like a lot of anime that just doesn't work. Uh, mm-hmm. Like it's like a lot of things uh, like Sturgeon's Law. Ninety percent of anything is bad, and that's kind of the case with anime. This isn't bad. Like this is like mm-hmm. competent. This is like the baseline for me of like yeah, this is what everything kind of should be, but like at the minimum, and then you should go beyond that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I wish I got why people were really into this. One of the worst things about it was I, I was watching this in a room. Chanel was in the bedroom, and there's like it opens up with this like blaring shitty j-pop rock song and it's like it's like the opening credits of like an anime series but it's mm-hmm. like so bad and i was just like Ugh. like it turned me off like cold i was just like oh my god luckily that doesn't happen too often but there is like a lot of like music video ish like moments like that where they do a montage mm-hmm. to this like crappy skies like band and who knows this this band might be like hot shit there but uh i don't know to my ears it's just like this is like listening to like one direction in the middle of like my a movie that I was like starting to watch and it's just like not for me this is this is not good <laughs> well it's nice to hear that uh you completely shit all over this movie that our two frequent collaborators <laughs> love so uh I, it's not shit we're, we're I thought it, you guys. it was fine and it's like the all, the vast majority of people <laughs> love it like I said the entire like country of Japan loves this movie it, it's uh sold as many tickets as like Spirited Away and Titanic and Frozen um hmm. but I don't know people like to dig it uh I I was kind of going in expecting it to be the same but I don't know I thought it was just kind of like if this was like a live action story uh maybe it would maybe work better too but well, they didn't they do it with uh, Jason Bateman and Ryan Reynolds as live action like a couple years ago? Well, J.J. Abrams, R.J., is making a American version of this live action. Who are the leads going to be? I don't know. Jeez. Jennifer Lawrence and no. Chris Pratt, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't know. Who are you people? I don't even understand. You anyway, know. so that was kind of a bummer, I guess. But that's yeah. fine. You can't win well. them all. Hey, RJ. Yo. You got any news for us? Uh, it seems like Mel Gibson's doing good. Yeah? Yep. I heard he's going to be in some new movies. Cool. Yep. There's They're also going to make a female-led version of uh, What Men Want, 
what women want, but called it what men want, mm-hmm. which I believe you could refer to the Dave Chappelle skit to see how bad of an idea that is. Because men are gross, <laughs> and women don't want to hear what men are thinking. Yeah. So, uh, no, I don't think, I think you might have news. Well, RJ, it's the middle of the month, which means that Criterion has announced their February 2018 releases. It's that time of the month, yeah. eh? Have you, have you seen any of these yet, or have you been too busy? I saw a, an announcement uh, About something this morning. Okay, well, yeah. around lunchtime, uh, they announced their movies. I'll just go through those. Okay. So, uh, Tom Jones directed by Tony Richardson from 1963, is coming out. Is it about uh, Vegas musician Tom Jones? One and the same. Uh, wow. we got An Actor's Revenge, also from 1963, directed by one Kone Ichikawa. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got The Hero, directed by uh, that, what's his name, Satchit Ray, the guy who directed the Apu trilogy. Uh, that number's from 1966. Okay. I don't know anything about these movies, but that's cool. These movies are coming out. Uh, we got a re-release of Elevator to the Gallows, uh, the Louis Mal movie, coming on Blu-ray. Um, and then we got uh, Silence of the Lambs <laughs> getting a the... Blu-ray really release. Nice. It's, nice. it's back in the fold, baby. Mm. It must have been because they killed that guy. Or because we killed that guy. Jonathan Demi? Yeah. yeah. Well, it seems like death is a certain certified way to get into the Criterion Collection because Night of the Living Dead is coming to the Criterion Collection mm-hmm. officially. It seems like it should have a long time ago. Well, they had to get just right. They don't really do that much. <laughs> do they? Do you, Criterion? I know you're listening. Yeah, you guys. You fuckers. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yep. Very nice. cool. All things that I guess we knew were coming, but they're all two of those things uh, are coming in February. So it's like stuff to buy. Yay. Yeah. Stuff tomorrow. Woo. Woo. You fucking deadbeat. Hey, give me your stuff. Yeah. yeah just well, give it to me. Yeah, I, I literally just like what, like two hours ago, lent you two movies. Hey. You you say that like I was asking for it, but I, I believe the way it worked was you you told me to come to your house, and then there was also a message about pants being on or off. Well, I said um, I said like yeah, you said uh, okay, I'll be there in about twenty minutes. And I said great, that gives me enough time to put my pants back on. And you went why? And then there were some gifts exchanged and yeah. yeah. Well, you were the initiator there, so you can't consent to it prior and then change your consent time afterwards okay kevin spacey all right all right yeah yeah he's not doing too good hey no <laughs> yeah he's done <laughs> yeah oh, and, then, and then there's louis ck yeah he's done too yeah and george takei mm, we'll see about old george so far there's only the one the one dude and mm, so far and george denying it but, oh, your buddy Tom uh, Sizemore is getting hit this week, too. Oh, really? I haven't seen that you one. You didn't hear that? No. It was a pretty bad one, too. It was like a it was a child deal. Ooh. But it is it is yet to be verified, so. Oh, oh my. So, so, I don't know. Maybe Woody, Woody Allen was right. Mm-hmm. We'll see. <laughs> Witch hunts. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's enough about our political agendas. <laughs> uh, yep. Yep. Well. Speaking of politics, um, Mm. we got a movie to talk about tonight. (laughs) Good segue. I guess. (laughs) Yep. And something about the harder they fall, but first they must come. 
Yeah. One of those weird things you say. Succeed at last. Persecution, you must be Win and lose, you've got to get your share. Got your mind set on a dream. Jimmy Cliff, an existential hero as good as anything James Dean or Brando portrayed in the 50s, Crawdaddy. In the backyard of paradise, life and marijuana are cheap. More guts, wit, humor, and sheer exuberance than most movies you'll see in any one year. Vincent Canby, New York Times. Keep on fighting for the things I want. Though I know that when you're dead you can't. But I'd rather be a free man in my grave than living as a puppet or a slave. So as sure as the sun will shine, I'm gonna get my share Best rock movie of the year, Rolling Stone, L.A. Times, Cream. And we're back. And this is the Criterion Creeps podcast. Tonight, we're talking about The Harder They Come from 1972, directed by Perry Henzel. Uh, the tagline for this movie, with a piece in his hand, he takes on the man... And the okay. brief synopsis from Letterboxd, wishing to become a successful reggae singer, a young Jamaican man finds himself tied to corrupt record producers and drug pushers. Okay. Some of these are like so, there's so little to them. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, Jared, you wouldn't know that. That's called nuance. Nuance. Yeah. No, something, it's something you don't it, know about. It's, it's phoning it in. Um, because yeah. sometimes you read these and like I go it's like usually you get vague synopses when they're like movies that have big twists and they have to like oh we don't want to spoil anything mm-hmm. but it's like no you just told people exactly what the movie's about anyway so RJ this is Yo. a movie uh, that I heard about many years ago back when I was just starting to get really into movie watching and stuff um, mm. and what does that uh, mean? Well, uh, I don't know. I started really getting into watching movies in a more serious way, watching okay. old movies and not just whatever was playing at the old cineplex, at the okay. multiplex. Um, and one of those books that I've mentioned before in various episodes is Danny Perry's Cult Movies. And uh, mm-hmm. this is one of those movies that uh, I would have first heard about this particular movie. 
Okay. And I, in fact, actually, my DVD copy of this, the non-Criterion, but the Xenon Films one, and Xenon's like this company that like kind of uh, put out uh, black exploitation movies, such classics as Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song and the oh. uh, the Penitentiary films, just just marvelous films all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I actually photocopied out of a copy of my cult movies Danny Perry book that I got from the library, and I still actually have the uh, photocopy of it that was inserted into oh, my DVD case. Fuck, you're such a nerd. <laughs> like, like who does that? Uh people who worked at hotels with access to photocopiers and just had lots of time to kill in between checking in people. That's Is that who. exclusively those types of people. Yeah, probably. Okay. We're uh, it's a it's a kind of small but common lot. Mm, nice. So anyway, RJ, uh, so yep. this is a movie that I have not seen forever. I remember, I think I bought a copy of this on DVD from A&B Sound in Calgary uh, way, way back when because I just had heard about it and I knew that's like, well, it's way cheaper to get this like $25 version of the movie rather than spend like $60 to get the Criterion because um, mm-hmm. it'll probably essentially look the same. Um, and then, yeah, so I watched it, but I didn't really remember too, too much about it other than like kind of just like a vague like sense of like the the music because I own the soundtrack of this and like, kind of like I knew it ends with like the main guy getting shot. That was kind of like, that's all, what? I, that, that's all I remembered about this movie for the most part. Spoiler. Yeah. Spoilers. Um, anyway, uh, I immediately thought of you mo- while watching this movie for the first time <laughs> ever. When there's the line, if you don't have money, you fart It's better. You stay home. Um, nice. that, that's like, yeah, me. you bum. Yeah. You bum. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, watching this movie again for the first time in forever. Uh, it's, I don't know. I guess I should ask you what, like of the movies that we've watched so far, what does this movie remind you of? Hmm. It it reminded me of a few movies. Actually, I didn't write them down. So now I'm trying to think of it. Kind of reminded me of Vagabond. Hmm. It kind because it's like, I mean, it was a little better than Vagabond because he wasn't a total bum. I'm just flipping through my book here. You might hear that because yeah. I have all of the things in here. Because it, it did remind me of some stuff. It reminded me of uh, what was like a uh, not Long Good Friday. Kind of Long Good Friday. I I, 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 I had uh, Long Good Friday come to mind while yeah. watching this. So maybe like Vagabond and the Long Good Friday and I guess maybe Black Orpheus because it's like a movie that takes place in a South American no wait, is Jamaican South America? Uh it's in between. In between, it's, it's okay. The, it's the Caribbean, right? Yeah. yeah. So that, and then uh, what's a really low budget movie that we've seen so far? Mm. Something like that. Oh yeah, Citizen Kane. <laughs> yeah, real low budget. I love the sound uh, of notes. <laughs> hey, I well, I keep it old school. I have uh, the pen and paper. Uh, oh, maybe Sid and Nancy. <laughs> So a little, so okay, yeah, that's what I'm gonna go with here. Uh, Sid and Nancy, Vagabond, and uh, Long Good Friday. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of. Was those three? Mm. What about you? Uh, so yeah, like when I was watching this, like the two movies that came to my mind were Black Orpheus and Long Good Friday. Because mm-hmm. of the setting, uh, I mean, there's like a lot of things too. Because it's like, 
actually, uh, I was, when I was rereading the Danny Perry things, I was like, oh, yeah, like all these things are completely accurate. I'm not sure if like mm-hmm. I, don't, I didn't remember any of it, but it's like, yeah. So you have like kind of like popular tourist destinations like Rio de Janeiro and Kingston. Mm-hmm. Um, you have uh, Black Leeds, Black Cast. Um, but mm-hmm. once you get past that, it's like they're very different movies. Um, yeah. Like the Rio de Janeiro of Black Orpheus is like a really like awesome, fun looking place that like mm-hmm. looks like oh, that looks like fun and magical. Um, the Kingston, Jamaica on display here uh, from the, of the early seventies uh, is like a shithole <laughs> and like yep. pretty like hostile and like terrible and it's like man so i mean they're very different but obviously i think one is probably a little bit more real than the other yeah um so i mean like it kind of paints as like because i mean black orpheus is obviously a fan like it's like a it has this fantastical element um Mm -hmm. grounded in reality whereas uh here in uh the harder they come it's like a gritty movie that's like Mm -hmm. shot with like handheld cameras and like shot like by a uh, like Perry Wenzel, who I guess like his background was he so he's a Jamaican he's a white Jamaican who worked like he went to the UK and like kind of learned filmmaking there and then he went mm-hmm. back to, to Jamaica and was like working at, for the BBC there making documentaries and stuff like that but I guess he had this idea to make a movie um, and he wanted to like do like there's like the one like kind of like a folk hero uh, from like the 50s like he was like an outlaw uh, Reagan was this guy's mm-hmm. name, uh, true guy. And like, he like went out guns a blazing and, and, but he's like, sort of like this, like hero figure of the, this man who fought the system. But I mean, he was just like a, a thief and killer and like drug dealer and all this stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, he wanted to do a story about this probably obviously like, uh, his political leanings are, uh, like activists sort of like liberal. And, uh, so, I mean, his, system, his thing he wanted to address, he wanted to make a trilogy of movies that he only, he only made this one, um, because he started working on a second movie, uh, but he died like in 2006, but like, I have no idea what the state of that would have been <laughs> this like mm-hmm. project that he was working on for like 30 years, uh, what it would what it, what it even resembled. I think some, some film festival screened it. Um, but I don't know. This is like the only, this is the guy's only feature film that he made. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. okay. where was I going with this? <laughs> I don't know. I don't Sometimes know. you ramble about just stuff. Talk, talking about stuff. So it's talking about like the differences, I guess, between like like why Black Orpheus comes to mind. I guess it's just like there's like cosmetic things. Sure. Um, but then like once you start breaking it down, like they're pretty different movies. And it's funny because the very first thing in uh, Danny Perry's uh, essay on this is saying he finds it peculiar that repertory theaters insist on double billing Black Orpheus, the famous Brazilian film, and the harder they come. Um, and just like pointing out like how um, the main guy in Black Orpheus, uh, was it Bruno Mello? He's mm-hmm. like this like big, beautiful, muscular, healthy looking man. And like Jimmy Cliff is this like kind of like scrawny shiftless kind of like dangerous looking man Mm -hmm. and uh it's just like how it plays to different audiences and the other big thing that these both these movies have in common is that black orpheus like really popularized like the like mamba music to like Mm -hmm. north america and this movie uh the harder they come it really like brought reggae to like north american audiences on this massive level where it's like i'd say that more people have definitely listen to the soundtrack or music from this soundtrack then they've seen this movie like I'd, sure. I'd argue this movie is like fairly like obscure um yep but Pro- 
Probably not as much since it's in the collection. If it wasn't, it but probably it probably is, no but one it, would. But, have but seen it is. Shit. But the other thing too is it is actually out of print as well. Yeah, but just even movies that are out of like because we've covered a lot of movies that are out of print. Yeah. but a lot of those people have heard of at least, and you're like, oh sure. yeah, I know that one. Yeah. I uh, I'll get it by legal means on the internet. That's exactly correct. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, I guess before going through other stuff, so RJ, now that you've cast it down amongst the likes of Long Good Friday and Sid and Nancy <laughs> and such, RJ, yeah. what, what did you think of this movie? Um, well, I'll I'll start. Just you you brought up something that I do want to mention is uh, I do appreciate like um these kind of like cult, small cultural details that are included in this, where like the difference, like you said, with uh black orpheus is that uh it's it's like fantastical like it's not exactly like it's kind of but you know what i mean it's not like very real where it's like kind of this imaginary not imaginary but like how can we make things great kind of where in this one it was like it seemed very real because it was really dirty and people were living like really like shitty lives but it's like that's probably how it is down there like um, one thing I really liked was uh, when it was raining, there was a guy riding a motorcycle and he had his feet up on the bars so his feet weren't down in the water. And I was like, oh, that's fun. I was like, maybe that's something people do in Jamaica. And then there's like all the slums and there's a sign on one that says don't piss or urine. Uh, people live here. And I was like, that's I was like, there's no way that wasn't a real sign that these people saw one time. It was like, we have to include that in this movie. So just seeing like uh how the people live their lives and the way the uh, the housing was and the environments and stuff like that. I thought that was all really neat because as I, uh, it seems like it's a very accurate representation of what living there would be like. So I thought that was really cool. This movie, if people remember, I compared it to Long Good Friday, which I didn't mind. I don't think it's great. But I also compared it to Sid and Nancy and Vagabond, which neither of those I liked very much. Because one's about hobos who refuse to work, and the other is about shitty people who are just shitty and refuse to get a job and contribute to society. Uh, I think this one is like that, but it differs a little bit because he at least tries at first. Like, mm-hmm. he's trying to get work, and then it's like, no, nah, no one wants to hire you. And I've been there, man. That sucks. So, And then he's like, all right, well, I'll just... I'll get a gun then and I'll just do stuff my own way. So I was like, all right. Uh, I think this movie is okay. I don't really understand it though. And like, I don't think there's a whole lot to understand. Like, I think it's pretty straightforward, Mm -hmm. but I don't, um, there are certain like, uh, leaps in the storytelling that I, I was just like, I don't like the, uh, the progression is so, um, it jumps so, so largely like uh everything escalates so quickly in this movie Mm -hmm. because uh there's like guys and they're like um like the main guy's talking to the church guy he's like yeah i was just playing a song out here and then it cuts to like two guys having a bottle fight in the back like behind the church i was like whoa i was (laughs) like how do we get here (laughs) like what is this and then it's the guy's like i can't find a job and then he's like shooting people in alleys and i was like what the fuck like it it escalates so quickly i was like did i miss something or maybe it's just like they they thought you didn't need to like fill in those blanks it's like yeah we showed it like he had a hard time getting a job and now he's reverting to this so i don't know like 
I like it. It was fine. I don't think I'm going to watch it again ever. It's yeah. Um, it's okay. I understand why it's here because it seems like it's this movie that these guy or this guy just made that maybe because of the situation and if he filmed it all on handheld cameras and like you said stuff like that. But yeah. I don't know. I just uh, not. I don't want to be a dumb dumb. But I was like, I don't really get it. I don't like, know. I don't, I don't know what's I going don't. on. Think there's much to not get. I mean, it's like yeah, that's what I. That's what I mean. It falls into like the like. There's like Scarface, right? Scarface, which is like ten years later. I mean, has the exact same type of story, but it's like a Hollywood production of it. I mean, the idea is it's like these like. What happens to like poor people is like well one of the, one of the routes that they can go down is they they wind up becoming criminals. Uh, that's like a pretty common story, and like it's yeah, it, that's like in the dark. I mean, did you ever watch um, City of God? Do you remember yep. that? Yeah, yep. like it's, yeah, I it's, like that it's, show. it's it's the same kind of universe. Like this is sort of like that subsect of like kind of like what happens to like hey, how do like because people always like assume that like oh criminals just become criminals and it's just like what they are, yeah. but it's like this movie kind of like. I mean, for 1972, it's like um, socially active sort of filmmaking, I guess, for the time. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to show like, hey, like, and, th- and this is for like a like a, a part of the world that like most people probably just think of as like destinations in a James Bond movie. Like it's a mm-hmm. backdrop where like mm-hmm. th- th- you don't get to know anything about it. It's a resort. It's like a, going through like a travel guide and being like, oh, Jamaica. And like, and that's it. Like, and just like, that's where you get high now. And like, that's mm-hmm. all there is. But it's like, no, people kind of know. It's like, no, they have like. Uh, it's like a it's a society and they have their own yeah. culture um, like the movie kind of slips in and out of like I mean everyone's speaking English but mm-hmm. um, like I'm not sure like wh- what copy you watched but like there's like uh, the you better be watching it with subtitles yeah because because like that's like I, apparently there's like versions of this that don't have the subtitles for like the patois the like and it's like uh, mm-hmm. how is this <laughs> yeah even, like you you wouldn't know you would have no idea what they're saying because it's that like whatever that Jamaican Creole and yeah it's, like, yeah yeah no um yeah no definitely you need you need the subtitles but no yeah like i get that like i understand like the story and like what they're saying maybe it's not that i didn't get it or understand it i know i said that but maybe it's uh, a better way to put it is i feel like i missed something where it's like i don't really understand why like what the hook is you know what i mean it's like why do i why should i care about these guys in this story, I guess they try to show that, like he's a he's good farm boy coming to the city, yep. trying to make it, and then he can't. And life sucks once you get yeah. there. I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is it didn't, it didn't really click with me. That's fine. I think so it's that, like, that's all. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if this movie has click I mean, appeal. Yeah, I mean, I think it's more of like an interesting like document, like a, as a movie, like it's like a. Yeah. I don't know, like, there's, like, better movies that, like, from that same era. Like, Amer- yeah. I, I'd say that, like, American black exploitation movies generally are, are, like, fairly co- a lot more coherent. Like, if you watch, like, uh, Larry Cohen's, like, um, Black Caesar and stuff like that and Hell Comes to Harlem, uh, those movies are, like, pretty straightforward, like, action, like, not even action movies, but, like, gangster movies. And they're mm-hmm. fairly, like, I don't know, everything is, like, very structured in a clear way. Um mm-hmm. For this movie, it's like it's it has the same sort of structure to it, but mm-hmm. it's way more loose and like it doesn't it plays out like an independent cinema type of movie where scenes yeah. are just kind of there and they hang off of one another and they just kind of flow and it's disjointed um, because like obviously mm-hmm. resources while making movies are not 
really high. Um, and then like, so like there's sometimes like, oh, we shot all these scenes, but they don't quite work together now that we're put editing them. But this is the best we can mm-hmm. do because we can't like go back and shoot because we don't have money to like get more film. So it's like low budget mm-hmm. filmmaking. Um, and it's a guy who's making like a feature film for the first time. So there's like those yeah. things that are just like, well, that's kind of what happens. Um, mm-hmm. but I mean, there's definitely passages in this movie that aren't like particularly interesting. We are just like, yeah. like it feels padded yeah. out at times, which is like strange. Cause like they don't have a lot of times and there's like so many things things they're trying to hit upon like i mean here's the list that uh again danny perry put together of like kind of like the themes or like aspects of like uh the culture of the time that he was like making points about uh number one christianity um which is like kind of like a place that like the community should be able to go being poor Mm -hmm. or rich or whatever but it's like shown as being like corrupted and like there too because you get you get lines like uh about uh picking cherry trees when ripe um and it's like what does that mean oh do you do you not recall no i i understand yeah but it's just like yeah so like yeah you have the father of the particular church who's like Mm -hmm. got his he's got his eyes on one of the young women that's coming up through the church and he gets first dibs and he's in the jimmy cliff's uh ivan he's kind of informed about this um maybe he called dibs uh maybe uh but i don't know if preachers or whatever are supposed to be doing that it depends on what kind of Christian you are. Like some some preachers can get married and stuff, like yeah. pastors. Yeah, but like I don't think he's getting married. <laughs> well, you don't know his intentions. Yeah. You think it'd be honest? Yeah, just making taking taking a poke. Uh, yeah. And then you have the record business, um, which mm-hmm. is like another avenue. Uh, it's almost like nothing's changed in a lot of ways. Where like oh, coming out of like the, coming out of the countryside, coming out of like nowhere. Go, moving into the city, uh, where do you where do you go from the ghetto? Well, we'll, we'll sing our way out, and mm-hmm. uh, it's like oh, that hasn't really changed for a lot of people. Where that's like still like the hope and dream of becoming a, a musician to make a whole bunch of money, uh, and here it's presented as like yep, that's corrupt too, and then there's the ganja trade. Uh, which is like, well, that's where you do. If you can't make money, but you want to make money, but maybe go to jail. You just start selling that weed, that dank bud. Yeah. Uh, on the flip side, you got your Rastafarians, which yes. is like your uh, flip side to your Christianity or your kind of mm-hmm. hybrid mixture, um, living on the fringes. Uh, then you have to deal with the police, the government. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're corrupt and lousy, uh, which we all can be on the same page about. I think particularly in the like seventies, like it was really bad, <laughs> and that's like I don't know. People, every time I watch movies from this era, like those are the things that, like nobody trusted, and it's not like it's uh-huh. really gotten any better. But that seemed to be like a real turning point uh, in like movies, mm-hmm. like just like that is like a constant thread. Um, and then, yeah, the movie just addresses like the outlaw mythology, which I talked about earlier, just about like, uh, what you can look forward to. And, uh, I mean, that ties into like the music business and stuff like that. And like, I don't know, mm-hmm. being a criminal, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel you, man. Like I feel your dog. Uh, like it's a good story and I think there are nice elements to it. Um, like very specific elements to like I was saying what the life there would be like in the situation and then just kind of universal stuff like uh, characters who try to get involved in things and then they can't because it's corrupt or uh, this or that and things that a lot of people can relate with but uh, it never this particular one never really 
really like hit me and hit me in my beans <laughs> i think is what the kids say yeah so uh no i like it but maybe they should remake this uh, a jj abrams remake yeah it'd be edgy it'd be edgy and it would have uh, the kid who played spider-man as the uh the new reggae star yeah yeah um yeah michael or uh, will smith's kid oh Jaden. Yeah. yeah he'd be good in this yeah yeah. Uh, hey, uh, a couple other things. Hey, this is the, I think, the first face slashing that we've had in the Criterion Creeps. Uh, Can you confirm that, though? I'm pr- pretty sure. Uh, at least was, not, was there not in Hamlet? Uh, no, not not a f- not face slashings where it's like shot in first person as a man slashes your face apart. Hmm. I don't know. I'm. I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure Grand Illusion had a bunch of that. <laughs> yeah, way back at the beginning. Um, yeah. yeah, so I was reading, again, Danny Perry was talking about watching this movie with a white audience and a black audience. And I guess with a white audience, uh, the white audience was like gasping as it happened. Black mm-hmm. audience, they cheered. <laughs> oh, because they were all about that dank violence? Yeah, they're both fucking up dudes. Nice. That are fucking with you. Yep, that's nice. exactly well, right. Well, snitches get stitches, right? <laughs> yeah. Give is me that back, what we're... Give me back my bike. That's... Give me back my bike, you fucker. Yeah. I'll take down someone who would try to get yep. at my bike. And I guess in Jamaica, the worst thing that happens to you is you get put over a barrel and uh, whooped a bit after you've, like, slashed a man's face right up. A good whooping yep. with a switch? Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you ever had a good whooping? No. When you were a kid? No. Did uh, your parents spank? Mm, yeah, but nothing like not a good whooping. Not a good whooping over a barrel. Mm, sheltered you life. Yeah, yeah. You and your silver spoon, no whooping. Childhood. <laughs> uh, it's also, the one thing when I was watching this is like I realized why where I had always seen footage of the movie Django. Uh, which is like the Western that they're watching, yeah. with, like the Red Hoods. Like I, because I remember seeing that ages ago, and I was always like, "What the hell is this movie?" And then like years later, I finally watched Django, and I was like, "Oh, what movie did I see this in before?" And I mm. could not remember. And there it was all along. I was gonna ask you uh, what Western that was, so yeah. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. Hey, how did you feel about the aggressive ass dominoes they were playing in this movie? <laughs> Uh, I, that I, was aggressive. I have no opinion. I, I, I thought that was just the way Domino's was played. No, you don't have to fucking slam it down on the table, <laughs> table like Domino, bitch. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I Anyways. thought it was aggressive. Okay. Okay. Bro. So, uh, well, I guess like the most, one of the more important aspects of this movie that I could I could ask you about is how about that mm-hmm. music? Yeah, it's pretty funkalicious. Reggaeton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I uh I was down with the music. Yeah. Yep. Wow. That's my only opinion. Wow. Yep. Uh yeah. Well, I, what I, did you I, think of the music then, uh, huh? But the thing that struck me was like I never maybe till now realized just how obviously it's just pop music. Like yeah. everything about it, it's just like, yeah, no, this is just pop music. It's not like I'm not sure what raggae means other than it's like arts married in another country. <laughs> Like to me, it's just like, no, oh, this sounds just exactly like a pop song. Like everything about yeah. it, at least the stuff that's popular, right? That mm-hmm. they hear a lot. It's got to have those elements of like, this sounds like popular music, and it's got to sell records, and that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on all those things that you said mm-hmm. about pop music and such. Yeah, yeah. For a man yeah. who says you are so into music, you sure don't. 
have anything to say about it. I don't. I don't listen to pop music. Do you? And you probably. I have a feeling you don't listen to a lot of reggae. Ah, uh, I like Damien Marley. He's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. You know Bob's son, world famous <laughs> Damien Marley. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's pretty good. No, I'm not. That those aren't the brands I like. I like. Um, I like hard metal, death music. <laughs> nah, I'm that's just that's not true either. Uh, yeah, that's not true. But <laughs> no, I'm a. I'll listen to it, but it, I don't have it on my my go to playlist. Nor nor do I. Nor do I. Nor do you. Well, we're not the right type for that, I guess. I guess so. We we're not the ganja fiends. Yeah. Smoking that dank bud. <laughs> so much. Yeah. That whole scene. Um, yeah. They go hand in hand. Yeah. Rastafarian hat, sweet pipe that looks like a mushroom or something. Yeah. Blazing. Well, RJ, I'm just going to run through who hates this movie. Uh, probably a couple people. Uh, what's that supposed to mean? Well, there's always a couple people. <laughs> well, Isn't there? The long, long time uh, hater uh, off the letterbox, Ben DeBono, uh, yeah. he gave this two stars. I can appreciate the various reasons people like this movie the music, the politics, the cultural aspects. But it wasn't for me. I don't have any major criticisms of it beyond that it simply didn't click for me in any way whatsoever. So this guy's name's actually RJ. Um, I mean, is his is his opinion not valid? I'm just I'm just saying that's it's basically what you said. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not the kind of guy who's like I appreciate this, <laughs> or am I? You are kind of. <laughs> maybe maybe you're like that. Okay, uh, Josh Dawes. He didn't like this either. Sure. What a disappointment The Harder They Come was when it produced such a good song. The problem, however, is that it's essentially a song turned into a feature film and feels tremendously overstretched and baggy. There are so many boring yes. scenes of people sitting talking about whatever or generally doing nothing, and it's pretty exasperating. The worst thing, however, has to be the plot, which is stupid in the worst sense. It essentially consists of the following. Ivan travels from the countryside of Kingston to see his mother shortly after his grandmother's death and decides to stay even though his mother advises him that there is no work there for unskilled laborers such as himself. Ignoring her, he stays, but with the exception of selling the titular song for a small sum, he can't find work and so instead decides to buy a gun and shoot some people before going on the run. Whilst he's in hiding the... the hiding the public who seem hmm? to think yeah <laughs> okay whilst, Keep going. In, whilst he's in hiding the public who seem to think this mass murder is somehow romantic start going mad for his record then there's some strange stuff by the sea that doesn't make much sense and the credits roll over an image of a woman wiggling her vagina at us <laughs> yeah that doesn't happen there's definitely a it's, but well I, I know what he's meaning it's like her tummy She's like tummy dancing, yeah, like you know, kind of like swaying. It's a pretty, but, uh, it's, it's a pretty great final shot. Uh, yeah, it just doesn't feel like the filmmakers have put any thought into the plot at all, particularly the fact that we're supposed to care about a violent criminal who's chosen that path rather than been forced into it by poverty or heritage. That's, that's like fundamentally of like a misreading, I guess. Uh, yeah. It's also incoherent, dull, and very boring. The soundtrack consists of two songs played over and over again until you get sick of them, even though they're actually very good songs. The acting is poor, the characters are all thumbnail sketches, and it's very difficult to sit through, but I managed it. I got there in the end. This person's looking at it all wrong, Jer. They got it all wrong. 
yeah. playing those songs over again is good. I like that they did that. Uh, they also think that uh, the song is the only good part, which is not true. But uh, it's not incoherent. It was like I was saying before, like, I understand what was going on in the story. They're just kind of like, I think they're more along with what I was saying. It just didn't, they didn't click with it, man. Yeah, I mean, it's not a movie that, uh, you know, it's going to be at the tip of my tongue when people go, hey, Jared, what did you do watch this week? And I'd be like, yeah. well, I'm like, no, this movie's not for everybody. Yeah. You're like, let me tell you about uh, some other stuff, some uncertain women. Yeah, uncertain Criterion women. creeps. Random women. And then yeah. I laugh like RJ. Ha ha. Ha ha. Anyways, any mm. other thoughts about this movie, RJ? No, not really. It's okay. Um, it's worth a watch if you're like a completionist for the Criterion stuff. But um, I don't know. It's there's not enough there for me to recommend it to anyone unless they were really into reggae or really into Criterion stuff. And then I would be like, the if late- I met some guy that was like, man, I fucking love Criterions. I love reggae. And they've never watched this. <laughs> they've He's never like, watched tell, this. Yeah. Tell me something that I, I should watch and be like, well, maybe Robocop. And then maybe the harder they come. Yeah. There you go. So, yeah. That's Out- all. Outstanding. Well, I think that's it. Yeah, I guess. Uh, after the break, RJ dies in a hail of gunfire on the beach, and then I will wiggle my butt. It wasn't her butt. It was like her tummy. It was like her little tummy. When you become a reggae superstar, what will be your handle? Uh, probably DJ Barnloaf Jazzy Jeff. Or the Dankness. Wow, you're all that's better. What's what is up with that word? What dank? Yeah, I don't know. I think I heard a kid say it the other day, and now it's really in my brain. Yeah, I'm trying to stay connected to the youth. It's just like internet stupid words that just like, what, what, where, where did this one come from? Why is this the one that caught on? Well, I remember in high school, uh, all the guys I hung out with who blazed the chronic a lot, they used, said dank. Uh, that was way before the internet had dank memes and stuff like that. Uh, I feel like it all just crosses over to that Peppy the Frog stuff. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> You can email us at CriterionCreeps at gmail.com and tell us about words that make you mad. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on YouTube now as well. Uh, mm. We're on that letterbox. If you just can't wait to see what we're talking about next. Uh, I'm Jared Duncan, and he's Barnloaf. Uh, we're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, um, all your third-party podcaster things if we're not on something you listen to let us know because i don't know what's out there all said i assume soundcloud does it all for us but i'd be wrong mm-hmm. so, hey what i think i missed 
missed my shot there. I should have been DJ Butts and Dumps. Ah, see, you missed it. It's too, yeah. it's too late now. Well, we're done with this episode. Hey, next week, though, Spine 84, a movie I'm actually really looking forward to watching because I've never seen it before, and I've got high hopes for it. And that's Yasujiro Ozu's Good Morning from 1959. Uh, this will be the first Ozu movie that we watch here on the Criterion Creeps. RJ, I don't think, has ever watched an Ozu movie. Um, I don't even know what that means. Uh, but we'll discuss that, it next that, week, That's I guess. a name, but I believe this movie uh, might have a little bit something up your alley. What is it about? Butts and dumps? Oh, one week we'll find out. <laughs> Whoa! Okay, well that that's pretty. That's a pretty hot tease. Yeah. No, I'm excited. I mean, I could be wrong. I've only been uh, hearing about this uh, secondhand, but uh, yeah, yeah. No, this, o- Ozu's some good shit. So uh, yeah, I'm stoked. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, cool. hopefully it lives up to the hype. Hype. Yeah. Well, if uh, you're teasing butts and dumps, I don't know what else, yeah. where else to go from there. So yeah. let's bring it on, baby. Yeah. Well, go watch some movies. Nice. Good night. <laughs>